It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in third and final hour here on Monday. And uh, now that we're back into our usual schedule, it is time to turn on the light as we do each Monday with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. And before before we start turning on the light, Jack, I just want to say thank you for filling in for me on the day that I had my surgery. It was, it was my pleasure. I, I, I wish I could have done more for you, uh, but I was happily in Barcelona, but I was thinking of you and, and glad to see you. You could have done more for me if they hadn't rescheduled the surgery. <laughs> Yeah, they rescheduled well, it because the robot was double booked, and then the robot couldn't even do the surgery. So, well, uh, I had a similar surgery, and it, and it, it was going to be robotic, and it ended up not being robotic. And those surgeons are really good, and you know, it's just good to see you, Tim. Like you know, I, I just really want to compliment you for not complaining to it all. You know, a lot of people go through something like that, and you hear, you know, that woe is me, and this and that. You know, and and none of it. You just you just bucked up and. And, and faced it. In fact, uh, I, I, I had to check in a few times to make sure that, that you were getting help. I knew your family and friends were doing that, but, um, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't, um, you, you just, you just faced it down. I think there was some, uh, some wish on the part of my family that maybe I had taken a little bit more help. You know, they were, they thought that I was just trying to be a tough guy, but that wasn't the case at all. I just, I, didn't need any help. If I needed it, I would have let them know. But I mean, if all I'm doing is getting up and walking over to the stove and heating up a can of soup, I can do that. Yep. You know, if it got to the point where I needed something more, I, you know, I called my brother. I had him come pick me up one day just to get out of the house. You know, I'm not afraid to reach out for help when I need it. But also the more I depend on other people, the longer it's going to take me to be back to hundred percent. So. Yep. Well, so, so how was Barcelona though? Barcelona, boy, if you ever have a chance, folks go to Spain and go to Barcelona in particular. My sister is over there. She's, um, uh, her husband is teaching for the semester. So I had a, a place to stay in a real neighborhood without just being wrapped up with tours all the time. Although I did go on a couple of tours. Um, you know, it's really good to get into a totally different place. And this is a big city. It's a city the size of Boston. And you see how other cultures handle the problems of housing, traffic, you know, different things like Barcelona, um, they have a very strong um, cab union. And so Uber isn't in Lyft is not even a thing. Um, there are cabs everywhere and they cost about $3, $4 to go almost anywhere. Um, they've done a, a, about very dense development to, for housing, but they have wide avenues. So there's still a lot of sunlight that gets down. And the, um, the limit is about 10 stories, you know, so you have like a lot of these long buildings I'm trying to think of what you could compare it to. Um, maybe um, Melville Towers, if it was like four or five stories shorter. And it's just a beautiful city, just breathtaking statues of Christopher Columbus. I know he's controversial now. Um, there is a cathedral there named Sagrada Familia, Holy Family, that is a modern cathedral that is just among the most beautiful things that you've ever seen in your life. There was this architect named Antoni Gaudi, who just built these rounded um, buildings everywhere because he thought buildings should look like nature, which is round, not sharp angles. 
So it's 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 a city that um, loves art and culture. Very strong economy. It's a big industrial port, big uh, tourism industry, fashion. Um, you know, I learned a lot about the Spanish Civil War, which was the big war precursing World War II, and it was very frightening to me because it was the left and the right. It wasn't different sections of the country, which is something I fear now for our, our own country. Um, it was just a great trip. Uh, just very lucky uh, to have family there and have the opportunity to do it. Uh, but I, I think it's great. I've been to Europe three times now, and every time I, I've gone, I've learned something. I, I do think travel around America is great. I like to do that too. But traveling to different countries really gives you a different perspective that there is a different way of doing things. And sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse, but uh, it's just different. Do you, do you think you could be like your sister is, like live there for a, a, a significant amount of time? Or do you hit like a point where you're like, okay, I want to go home now? Well, I, I struggled with the language a little bit, even though I took two years of Spanish in college. Um, my sister had an intensive uh, uh, six-hour-a-day Spanish crash course because they know they were going to live there. They were going to have to do the shopping and you know deal with whatever you have to deal. When you're in the tourist areas, everybody speaks English. But when you get outside the tourist areas and you're trying to go to lunch or, or um, go shopping or, or hail a cab, whatever, you have to make an effort to speak in their language. You are in their country. And when I was in France, it's similar there. Um, so I would make an effort in my horrible broken Spanish. And, and, and I'm sure I sounded to them like people who are trying to learn English sound to us. And people were very patient and, and good-natured about it. Um, but they didn't speak English, so you had to keep trying. Um, so it, it is a challenge, but I think it's a good challenge. You know, it's, I'm, a, I'm a little old to, uh, to really become fluent in the, in the language, but I think the earlier you can do that in your life, the better it is. It, it really is. I'm, I'm a big fan of Spain anyway. You know, the, everything about the culture, you know, uh, Cervantes, the... Uh, uh, the art, the, you know, the, the painting. It's, it's, it's just a, a great place. Well, I'm glad that you had a great trip. You look refreshed and relaxed <laughs> and ready to turn on the light. So uh, why don't we do that right now? And, of course, Jack is a columnist for New Bedford Light. You can check out his work at newbedfordlight.org, including an article, I think that went up this morning, right? Yes. Uh, which you can now read about, which this goes back to, well, it goes back to Friday with the, uh, the, the hearing. But this goes back to the November 30th city council meeting. And then after the meeting, they all got together to film their holiday video. Uh, give some people the back. Give people some of the background of what went on. Yeah, so I went back and forth for a long while because, as you said, it started back in November at a council meeting, and then it went into December, and then now this hearing that was last Friday. It's, it basically is a dispute between some city councilors. I won't say all, and um, these uh, citizen journalists. And I say citizen journalists because these are people that are are, are very active on social media sites and. Um, uh, uh, doing a fine job, in my opinion, of some of the uh, spot news, the uh, uh, public safety news that nobody else gets to these days. But they have a often, um, I think it's fair to say, in-your-face uh, approach uh, to it. That's we've, we've seen that at the national scene. We don't really see it at the local scene that much. So the, 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 I went back and forth as to whether I was even going to write about this because I really see it 
in many respects, it's a personality dispute. But by the time it works its way to the third district court, and now you have to have a magistrate decide whether this should go to trial, basically it was the counselors felt, and, and I'm sure after a lot of um, antics on, on behalf of the various parties, that they wanted to charge the um, uh, Carlos Felix and um, Craig Tuzensky, uh with uh, trespassing onto the council balcony. I, I really think trying to pursue in court a thing like trespassing onto a balcony is misadvised. It's making a mountain out of a molehill, in my opinion. But they decided to do this. Uh, so uh, uh, the, the parties involved who, you know, do a lot of videotaping and, and um, mocking of the council and some of their things, particularly Carlos, um, who I think is a, is, a, is a good spot news reporter, but I question some of his approaches sometimes. Uh, but uh, they, in turn, charged the council with giving false information to the police about what happened, basically that that the um, sign saying that the balcony was closed off was was up, and they say it was not. Um, I haven't talked to the police officer involved, but I was told by by um, one of the one, Craig uh, Tuzensky that um, under the questioning by the clerk magistrate, the officer uh, acknowledged that he didn't actually see the sign posted himself, but relied on on a photo taken by another officer. So whether it was there or not, I, I, don't, I don't know. One side says it was, the other side says it wasn't. So the judge dismissed all the charges. And I think there was a feeling among many counselors who were dragged into it that it was a waste of time, that these kinds of personality conflicts are really best handled, you know, by uh, a little bit of, um, I, I don't know, um, uh, personality management, you know. And now... Uh, different people have different personalities and different approaches to things. Uh, part, there, there are different things going on in this council floor. You know, I think that sometimes people have the right to express um, unpleasant opinions, opinions you might even find obnoxious. It, that's free speech. Um, Gilly Safiolos, who was not involved in this but showed up at the court hearing, uh, uh, often would hold a sign that's uh, in, within the cable view TV cameras that would say Linda Morad is a tyrant. Now, you can agree with that or not agree with that, but, you know, and, and it's kind of juvenile in my opinion, but he has a right to do it. And um, eventually they came up with a, a, a rationale for taking that bench out where he sat and they said they put in a big TV for the times when somebody is doing interactive media with them, you know, which I don't know how often it is. I, I think it isn't that often. And so now there's no bench there. I, I, it's not many seats in the city council chambers t- to begin with. So I have concerns about that. The, 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 unlike when I was covering years ago, 15, 20 years ago when I was a reporter, uh, they, they shut off the balcony frequently now. And I don't know why they have to. They claim it's dangerous. It would have been dangerous then. It would have been dangerous for the 100 years that that building has been. Maybe you need a sign saying, please be careful, you know, if you're at the railing, because everybody is suing everybody nowadays. But... To close off the whole balcony, I disagree with that too. So anyway, there, there were these tensions going back and it ended up in court. And so I tried to write a column basically saying, I compared to when I was have fights with my younger brother when we were kids and we'd be wrestling on the floor and my father would come in because my mother was upset and he would separate us. And then he was, he was a, an ingenious guy. He would then push us into each other and say, you want to fight? Now go ahead and fight. And then when you push right into your brother's face you don't definitely don't want to fight anymore <laughs> like you know we felt 
ridiculous because after all, we, we did like each other. We loved each other. And, you know, so I just think that my father knew that, that, you know, this is ridiculous. Stop it. And I just think that maybe the counselors and the citizen activists ought to um, acknowledge that these are small things and they're not really worth going to war over. You know, they, they ought to um, try to, I, I, I don't know whether they need an arbitrator or whatever, but I, I think they need to find a way to settle this out of court. I, I don't think we need to tie the courts up with this. So the, the incident that was the situation that was going on when they claimed that, that Craig and, and Carlos were trespassing was the council had gotten together to film their holiday greeting video, which actually turned out very well. It was a, a really fun video, but... So they had only gotten together for that. The, the, the meeting had been over, and otherwise, the, the council meeting would have been over, and otherwise everybody would have dispersed and gone home, but they all stayed behind to, to film this video. And Craig and Carlos say that not allowing the public to be there during that is an open meeting law violation. Yeah, Do you I, agree with that? So I think that <clears throat> there is a provision in the open meeting law that, that counselors can be have a quorum if they are at a social occasion, whether that consists of their own social occasion in the council chambers, I would raise questions about that. You know, because you really don't know. If nobody can get in, you don't know what they're doing. And I have criticized the meetings in the restaurants because I also think that those are, uh, are you know, the, the, the council takes the, the point of view and their attorney takes the point of view that they're legal. I'm not sure they are. And so I, I, I think that whatever, they want to be there, you know, they um, remove them from the council chambers I don't think that's worth going to court over. I, you know, I, I just think that, that... Now, Councilor Morad has expressed concerns for her safety, uh, leaving the building and going to her car. And these guys do follow you. you know, and, and I can see where it feels like harassment. You know, they, they're shouting at you, blah, 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 blah. But they're public figures. You know, I think when Barack Obama, when Kamala Harris goes someplace, people follow them and shout things at them. Now, these guys are very persistent, so it's, all, it's, it's, it's frequent. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the, the um, Massachusetts senators, Senator Warren and um, Senator Markey, have people that do stuff like that. You're in public life. Don't want to be in public life? Don't get into public life. Uh, I, I do think I would call on um, Carlos and Gilly and, and Craig, who I know less well, and he's not there as often as the other two, um, to behave with good decorum, and I've said that in the past. I, I think that they need to be polite. They need to not be shouting out. They need to be, not be insulting people in public places. I mean, if you want to insult people, you know, by writing something or creating a video, fine. I mean, I've, you know, in some of my columns, I probably, you know, descended into insulting people from time to time. I, the older I get, the longer I've been doing it, I try not to do that as best I can. I don't. I can't say I always succeed, but. I think doing it at a meeting interrupts the meeting. And so I don't think it's appropriate. I mean, Carlos showed up with a bullhorn on November 30th uh, and they were ch chanting. Now, you may remember in Tennessee, there was this incident last year when the Tennessee state legislature, after a, a shooting, a mass shooting at a school, uh, some of the legislators showed up with bullhorns and tried to get, it was a media event, get attention that way. And they were um, removed from the legislature their home districts promptly reelected them. So that can be like a gimmick that people use. I mean, in all honesty, uh, Carlos and, and, and Gilly are very savvy about the way they, they do things sometimes. You know, you may not approve of it, but I would, I, I cherish the First Amendment and I would defend their rights to do it. But I think that they, if they are disruptive, 
they can be removed from the council chambers, certainly. Well, we do have some calls on the line. I do have to take a break, though, so let's take that. When we come back, we'll get some calls in. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back as we are turning on the light with Jack Spillane. More in a few moments. <clears throat> Welcome back in. We are turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light, and uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on with Jack Spillane. Hi, good morning. Morning. I'd like to say something first about the kidney situation. My cousin Tommy, 1973, had kidney shut down. Ooh. His Bill was 44 years old. They did, and it was a perfect match. They did the operation, so father and son had one kidney. Uncle Bill lived to be in his mid-80s. Tommy's still kicking in Bloomfield, Colorado today. He'd be 73 in June, and he's got a 94-year-old kidney, and he lives a normal life. Wow. Wow, great story. That's a great story, and it's a story, and believe me, neither Bill nor Tom's religious. This <laughs> is science that did this. And uh, it, it amazes me how some people could be so fortunate in life. And this is an example that uh, you might have took a you might you might have took a hit real bad, but there's so much hope for you because your kidney is the appropriate age that you do have. Yeah, they said the other one right. should should keep me going for the rest of my life, no problem. But uh, you know, okay. knock on for Micah. I went through a long life, and as far as the point of politics today, I'd like to say, yeah, we're going to become a rich and poor society more than we are already. And I would say it's perfectly normal because what we have today is smart and dumb. And because we've got one extreme and the other extreme and we don't have a blend somewhere in the middle, you ain't going to have a middle class. You're going to have smart and dumb. And that's going to be rich and poor. So I would tell people, educate yourself, start using some common sense and get back in the fight. Not to be the richest man in a graveyard when you die, but to live a middle-class life with some values. And I think the more you throw away your values and everything else, the dumber you are. Because you, 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 everybody starts out with the opportunity to be whatever they can be. Whether it's communism, socialism, capitalism, there's always an opportunity to be the best you can be. But when you give away too much of your liberty... Don't think there's a middle class there waiting for you. You're going to have to fight your ass off to get into what so-called middle class existence. So with that, I would like to say smart, dumb, lucky, and I also believe that there are miracles happening. So never give up on yourself. All right. Because that's what it's for. Thank you for the call. Okay. You have a great day. And... Um Excuse me. We do have a couple more calls in the line. I'm just going to hold you till after the news because I don't want to have to cut you short due to the news. But I don't know if you heard earlier this morning, Jack, I mentioned that, uh, you know, I'm not a religious person at all. But uh, Sue Seaman sent me in the mail uh, the, a f print of the photograph that Hank took of Mother Teresa when she came to New Bedford and shared with me the story of, of his interaction with her and how that photo helped get her through tough times with Hank and... Um, and that she thought it might do the same for me. And I was deeply touched by that. But then to make it even weirder, some other friends sent me uh, a big like care package with like some, it's like a company that puts out all this stuff for people that are, you know, under the weather. And so I'm going through and in, in it is a box of soup. And when I look at the side of the box of soup, there's a quote on there from Mother Teresa. Uh. So I was like, well, there's gotta be something to that. And, and, and Chris has talked about how Mother Teresa kind of helped him through what he went through. So it's like, hmm, there's, maybe there is something to this. Yeah. You know? M Mother Teresa was no doubt one of the most spiritual presences of the 20th century. And, and um, that's a great photo that Hank Seaman took of her 
when she was in New Bedford. So um, uh, I'm sure uh, any any kind of um, help that Mother Teresa was giving, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of. Absolutely. And, you know, there's probably some help from Hank in there, too. Oh, so. sure. All right. Spirit well, world. We are going to take a break for the news with Phil. When we come back on the other side, we'll take these calls. So hang on. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in just a few moments. But right now, let's go into the newsroom with Phil Devin. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. A long-awaited bipartisan deal to secure the U.S.-Mexico border and provide aid to allies has been unveiled. More from Mark Mayfield. The full bill comes in at just under $120 billion with roughly $20 billion going towards the border. It provides aid to Israel and Ukraine, as well as other foreign policy priorities. In the deal, asylum screenings would be raised, with the practice known as catch and release done away with. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he's going to bring it to the floor this coming week. I'm Mark Mayfield. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan doesn't believe U.S. airstrikes against Iran-backed militias and against the Houthis will jeopardize efforts to free hostages held by Hamas. The Houthis are attacking shipping that has absolutely nothing to do with Israel. Speaking on NBC's Meet the Press, Sullivan said the Biden administration does not believe there's any connection between this weekend's strikes and hostage negotiations. He said the release of hostages comes down to negotiations between Israel and Hamas, which have been overseen by Egypt, Qatar, and the U.S. Sullivan's comments come as Secretary of State Antony Blinken heads back to the Middle East for another round of shuttle diplomacy. Jury deliberations begin today in Michigan in the involuntary manslaughter trial of Jennifer Crumbly. She's the mother of Ethan Crumbly, who shot and killed four classmates and injured seven others at a high school in November of 2021. He's now serving life in prison without parole. Jennifer and her husband James were both charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. As prosecutors say, they ignored signs their son was having mental health struggles. Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald says she feels they did the job of showing she was guilty of the charges. Boeing is taking a second look at 50 undelivered 737 MAX jets to fix some problems. Some of the planes were found to have misdrilled holes on their fuselages. The company said over the weekend that the delay will affect its production schedule, but will improve overall quality and stability. In Somerset, police are investigating a fatal accident that happened Sunday. A pickup truck crashed into a home. The driver was pronounced dead on scene, and the home is unlivable. And the man killed in a shooting on I-195 over the weekend has been identified as 36-year-old Justin Parker of North Attleboro. Investigators say someone in a dark sedan fired several shots into his vehicle and fled the scene. An asteroid the size of a football stadium has zoomed past Earth. On Friday, astronomers tracked the path of an asteroid that's estimated to be about 890 feet wide. The asteroid was within 1.7 million miles of our planet, and it was the first time it passed by Earth since 2016. The next time, it'll be 2032. And Taylor Swift is making Grammys history with her fourth album of the year win for Midnight's. It makes me unbelievably blown away that it makes some people happy who voted for this award too. All I want to do is keep doing this. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do what I love so much. Celine Dion, who won the same honor nearly three decades ago, presented the biggest award of the night to Swift. The anti-hero singer surpassed Frank Sinatra, Stevie Wonder, and Paul Simon, who each won album of the year three times. Swift now has 14 Grammys, and she also announced 
Her new album, Tortured Poets Department, drops April 19th. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. A win for the Boston Celtics. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies 131-91. to They're at TD Garden to play the Atlanta Hawks Wednesday. And Tuesday night, the Bruins are back in Boston to play the Calgary Flames. Now for your forecast with ABC6. Dry conditions with temperatures in the mid to upper 20s, low 40s for this afternoon. Gusty winds up to 25 miles per hour overnight tonight for the Fall River and New Bedford area. To expect a little bit of a slight chance for some snow showers as we head into tomorrow morning as well. And this is due to ocean effect snow. As we head into Tuesday, increasing clouds, temperature in the upper 20s. From the UBC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on the New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. You are listening to the Tim Weisbert Show on WBSM. And welcome back in. We are turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. And uh, we've got a stacked phone lines here, but we've got room for you at 508-996-0500. Let's go right to the calls. Good morning. You're on with Jack Spillane. Hey, good morning, Tim. Good morning, Jack. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I just want to uh, you know, thank you for covering it, Jack. I haven't got a chance to read the article because I'm on the highway. I don't want to read an article on the highway. Um, bring home the bacon. Yeah, bring home the bacon. I got a big family, right? I got a lot of kids. I got to support them. Um, so I just want to just kind of touch on something real quick. It seems like this one part has been forgotten and why I was there on November 30th is the first thing. By the way, uh, Craig, we should let everybody know this is this is you. Oh, yes, this is Craig. Sorry, Craig Tuzensky. I am um, obviously in the article and one of the subjects that were brought to, you know, a magistrate hearing by the city council. Um, so November 14th is where this all has started. And I'm still fighting for this Boyer request, and the state keeps telling them that they need to give a good reason or give me the video. There was a video on November 14th that Linda Morad allegedly recorded, um, and the city has admitted that it is there, but they just haven't released it, uh, that she was calling a colleague of her, a vulgarity, won't say the word, one on the radio, for talking to a citizen. The reason I was there that night was to ask her if she was going to release that video. At no point... Until we were kicked out, did it, it didn't really even escalate. That it that it escalated. There's the situation that escalated is we were walking back in and there was an incident with Dennis and Carlos. The false report part, yes, the sign wasn't there. That's part of it, but it stems from outside. And if you haven't seen the video, I did release it um, on New Bedford Citizens Group. It stems from the outside, um, where Linda Morad states that we got up in her, well, was up in her face or, you know, got loud with her and got in front of her. That's untrue. We never saw Linda Moore at all until she got on William Street and blocked the road. Um, so I just want to make that part clear because Linda Morad was never confronted outside. She was the, the aggressor on William Street. She was the one that blocked the road. She was the one that stuck her tongue out. She's the one that barked like a dog, and she could have just drove away. But with that said, you talked about a mediator, Jack. Before even court, I've been talking about this. I said it on Chris McCarthy's show. I said it to the council, and I said it to the chief of police. I am willing to sit down with them to resolve this. All I want is that November 14th video release and for them to stop attacking attacking me and, and everybody else. 
So, that is all I want. I am so, willing to move forward. This is childish, in my opinion, but I'm also going to fight back. I'm not going to allow somebody to put my name in a police report. That is false, right? If I did something wrong, I'm a man, and I, I would stand up to it. But we are 100% right that night. So, so Craig, when you, when you read the column, you, you see I, I, I took the position that all of this on, on both sides, I, I just think that people are taking things too personally and making very small things into mountains. I, I think for, for most of the public that wants the city to run well, you know, wants to have good services and, and as low taxes as possible, uh, they're not really interested that much in who called who what and who was rude to who and who acted inappropriately. I think we all should act appropriately and courteously. All of us slip up on that sometimes, but I think that I, I think the arbitrator is a good idea, but I I just think that that this is um it, it's just it, it's just small potatoes that we we we're getting wrapped up in. I hope I'm not offending you by saying that, but no, not but, at all. You know, um, and I don't I don't dispute that part, but at the same time, as citizens and, and as a city council, you're elected by the people. When you are in the chamber, that chamber is the people's house, including theirs, right? They're people, right? They, they're city councilors, but they are people that live within the city. So that's their house as well. But if you are a city councilor, you have to act to a certain professional standard, right? At my day job, I won't say what it is, but I, I'm higher up in the chain, right? And if I acted like that, I would be fired. If I went and called a colleague of mine a vulgarity because they were talking to a citizen, that's a problem, right? Um, we need to make sure that they're acting professional and that they're doing their job. We're not going to agree. That's part of life, right? I'm not going to say the council's name, but there's one in the background that I talked to. We've had some disputes, but it wasn't disputes that filled out to the public or anything like that because it wasn't aggressive. It was just why one, why I agree one way, they agree another way. And I respect that person for that. If somebody, if a citizen asks a counselor a question, they shouldn't just balk back at them or walk away from them. They should be like, oh, this is the anthem, and that's it. We have the right as citizens to ask our elected officials questions, um, and I'm trying to, that's all I'm trying to do is I want to know where that video is. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Hey, not a problem. Have a good day. And uh, let's let's take another one before we have to take a break here. Good morning. You're on next with Jack Spillane. What would be the chances I'd be right after Craig, huh? <laughs> uh, I read the article. I, I thought it was a pretty decent article, uh, uh, Jack. Uh, something, you know, obviously, you know, I, I might have a different opinion or a different perspective because I was actually there or whatever, but I, I think you did a very good job and you're good at what you do, obviously. Um, and I respect you tremendously, Jack. I hope you know that. I know sometimes I'm, a, I'm I can be colorful with the way I do things, and but I do have tremendous respect. And you know me from back in the day with Ray Delgado, I think, right? I do. I, do. Um, I appreciate you saying that, Carlos. And because of him, I think, uh, you know, I took on this guerrilla style tactic and, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I tried things, you know, the normal way. And, and, and sometimes the politicians don't take you serious. So w w here we are. Uh, but, but what I want to make clear is uh, <clears throat> when uh, uh, when the, uh, the whole incident happened after they threw us out of the they tried to throw us out of the building after they did the uh, Christmas video. But we explained to the police there was a quorum, and then the police allowed us to stay. But we left that building uh, a few minutes after the police. We just wanted to make the point that you can't throw us out, right? So we left the building two minutes after the police left. 
Uh, it is totally false what what they said on the report. We did not follow them out of that building. We did not uh, uh, confront them face to face. Did we end, uh, uh, eventually? Uh, Linda Moore, for whatever reason, stopped her car on William Street because we were out front of the the, the city hall. Um, she had her phone in her hand. We could visibly see it said Chief Oliveira on it. And she she used her power as a city councilor, called the chief of the city, police chief. And the police chief called uh, in a 911 call to have police come. And that's why that police officer felt pressured uh, to put a false uh, charge on me and Craig. That is the fact. And that, that, that can be proven. We have the video. We have the, the, the 911 call. We have all of that. We have, we can prove everything that we're saying they lied we can prove it that wasn't brought out in, on the magistrate hearing because we made a fatal mistake we did not uh, produce the evidence before we came in so we have to uh, in a way um, appeal it i'm not sure if that's the right word but we have to appeal the decision and we are going to bring in all the evidence so this isn't done just yet okay and i understand what you're saying it is petty a lot of it's petty uh, but when you're trying to put false reports on someone, you're trying to put them in jail. You're trying to ruin their lives, and you're trying to take them away from their family. And I don't take that lightly. And I never brought a bullhorn to City Hall until they tried to kick me out of City Hall. I've been going there for years. Uh, 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 Linda Morris, for whatever reason, doesn't like my coverage. Yes, I, I, I make light of things. I, you know, it's true. I like to make, you know, a little more fun. Uh, so people want to, to, to respond and, and watch the videos, whatever. Uh, but in no way have I ever called her names. She approached me one time in the hallway, called me the A-hole, the B-word, the A-word, the T, every word in the, in, the, in the language, okay? Didn't raise my voice. There was an officer right there, and she shook her head. She's like, I couldn't believe that. I told her, forget it. Make, pretend it never happened, okay? She's a woman. I'm a man. You know, let it go. But that's where it's at. I have no ill will to any city council. All I wanted to do all these years is to make my neighborhood a better place to live. Because me growing up as a kid, not having much to do, I turned to things on the street that were detrimental to my uh, uh, future. And I still, to this day, uh, uh, pay those consequences. I'm still proving who I am to this day because of some of the stuff I did as a kid. All right? So I'm trying to change that atmosphere in my neighborhood. So other kids that are growing up in that neighborhood don't feel tempted to go down that same road. That's all it is, guys. That's all it is. It isn't for fame. It isn't to become elected. I knew I would never be elected. But if I never ran, they never would have had the, the problem par property uh, ordinance, uh, for instance. I'm the one that hammered that. I'm the one that brought that to light. You know what I mean? And that's what it's about, guys. That's it. That's it. All right? I love you guys. Good job. God bless. Carlos, uh, would would you be willing to um, have an arbitrator try to diffuse the the, the emotions? Maybe well, see if yeah, they, course, they, that you course. and the counselors could get along a little better. Sure, I really don't. I uh, I don't like not get along with them though. That's the that's the thing. It's uh, uh, so I don't understand why. You know, obviously me covering them and putting them in, in, you know, being very critical. I understand. It's not easy sometimes. I don't like, you know, like when they do articles and they put some of my stuff in there. It's not easy to swallow or, or read, you know, because you try every day to be a better person. But it's reality. And it's it, and it's a journalist wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't. So I understand. But it's not personal. I don't dislike these people personally. I'm trying to motivate motivate them to be what they promised us they were going to be when they asked for our vote. That's it. That's it. 
You know, Gomes hasn't had a public safety meeting in almost over in close to a year now. You know, and, and he continuously wants to be put back in that chair. And I think there has to be a conversation in the city council. Why do we keep returning this man to that chair if he's not having meetings? Why? Because you guys are afraid? Are you afraid to, to, to not give him that, that, that position? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of discussions out here that need to be had, and they're not easy, and they're not always going to be what you want to hear. But I'm willing to sit down. I'm willing to sit down. Uh, but, but one thing is they should not be preventing us, the citizens, journalists, uh, whatever you want to call us, from seeing uh, the meetings, because that's how we make sure the meetings are not up and up, make sure there's nothing illegal going on. Sure. I got to just hold you there because I got to take a break, but thank you for the call, Carlos. Thank you. Have a good day. God bless. Thank you. And uh, callers, hang on. We will get to you. I just got to take this break. We'll be back in a few moments more as we're turning on the light with Jack Spillane. Jim. Welcome back in. Turning on the light with Jack Spillane. Let's try and squeeze in as much of these calls as we can before we run out of time. Good morning. You're next with Jack. Hello, you're on the air. Once, twice. All right, we'll go to this call. Good morning. You're next with Jack Spillane. Hey, good morning. Welcome back, Tim. Thank you. As I listen to Greg and as I listen to Carlos and we go back to different people like Catherine and everything, there's, there's a common there's a common root here. They're called elected officials. Some people call them public servants. What I see from all these different individuals and groups is they're just asking for the best level of transparency and accountability. And when personality classes get involved, that all gets mucked up. And then the priorities of what people want and need seem to get put to the side or the energy and time they should put into it is not there. Do you agree, Jack? Yeah, I, I, th I think personality conflicts are a big part of this. Uh, I, I don't think that these are the main things that the citizens of New Bedford have on their minds. And I think that some humility on both parts, the councilors and the um, citizen journalists go go a long way. I think they both have a role to play. Uh, I've heard that there's a suggestion uh, by the by the police chief, I, I believe, for, for an arbitrator. Uh, I think that we don't need to be um, tying up the district court system with trespassing and false reports uh, cases. I, I, I think that people just need to, um, I know it sounds... Uh, trite but make a, a, a little bit of a better effort to uh be polite with people they disagree with and um you know just uh uh find better ways to resolve differences than than um you know with the saturday night live stuff you know jane you miserable yeah, I, agree. And, you know, back and yeah, forth I, and, I like that title oh, saturday night live stuff yeah. i agree and tim because of you i experienced in the last 10 days a phenomenon known as Weisberg withdrawals, and another time we'll discuss this, okay? <laughs> well, too. Bye -bye. I'm glad Thank I could help guys. cure it, I guess. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. And I do have to take one more break here. Caller, hang on. We'll try to squeeze you in if we got time, but let me just get this out of the way. We'll be right back. And I'm with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. Let's take this call before we run out of time. You're next with Jack Spillane. Hello. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Jack. Steve, what's up? Good morning. Thanks for taking my phone call. What's on your um, mind? The reason why I'm calling is uh, I totally want to do the 360 on a subject you guys are discussing right now. Okay, we got about two minutes, so. Long story short, I want to give you a number, a move on case file, because I want to report a sighting that has to do in Massachusetts that um, has come to open now that they're willing to discuss it now. I want to give you guys an exclusive on it right now. 
Okay, well, the best thing to do, because I'm not going to be around very much, is uh, to have them email me, tim at wbsm.com, and then I'll get that yeah. email wherever I am because I get it on my phone. All right, I'm sorry to call about the blue like this, but there's only one way to get it out. No, no, totally fine. Yeah, so go ahead and send that right to me, tim at wbsm.com, and I'll, I'll reach out to them. It might take me a couple of days just because of, you know, my energy level. All right, boss. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you so Sorry much. For the You're welcome. By the way, if you're not familiar, Jack, MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network. That's the new term for uh, UFO, right? Uh, no, that's UAP. MUFON is the organization that that uh, you report. There's MUFON and then there's actually the National UFO Reporting Center. And I thought they were just something to have to eat for breakfast. Like. No, no, I wish. <laughs> I, You know, and what's funny is um, as I, you know, when I was out, I was getting all these messages from people that are like, I have something going on in my house. I have all, you know, like, okay, I can take your information and pass it on to somebody, but I can't, I can't say that I can come out and look at it. And they're like, oh, I was really hoping like it would be you. I'm like, no, nope, I don't know when I'm going to be back in the fold for doing those kind of things. So I'm just passing it on to other folks that I'm connected to. They uh, want Tim. They want the real thing. I think it's just more of a matter of they hear me, so they trust me as opposed to this sure. random person that's going to show up at their house. Trustworthiness. It's a, it's a high, a high important ingredient. Well, especially when it comes to the ghost stuff, you're letting a stranger yeah. into your home and then they're going to be in your home while you're not there looking into things. So, you know, you want to have somebody that you can trust. So uh, we have about 40 seconds left, Jack. What are you working on uh, for the future here? Well, I went to the annual Frederick Douglass uh, Marathon over the weekend. I, 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 I don't know if you've ever read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass or the narrative of Frederick Douglass, which is the one they read yesterday. It really is a great refresher on what slavery actually was. They had to break slaves the way that you would break a horse. So a teenage you know, boy who's they're trying to get him to go into the fields, he naturally doesn't want to work from sunrise to sunup uh, for, for very little food and, and um, terrible conditions. You, know, you, have to, you have to whip them. 